The Gemini Letters is an unfiltered audio diary in which I make sense of my life through the language of astrology, numerology, and tarot. I hope it speaks to you wherever you're at, and I thank you for listening. Hello, hello. It has been a while. Um, But I am back, and I want to talk about a couple of concepts that have opened themselves up to me in astrology lately. Um, And they might sound a little bit convoluted at first. I feel a little bit like that meme, you know, with Charlie from Always Sunny, where he's got the, like... (laughs) pictures on the wall and all the thread and stuff connected and he's all crazy eyed. I feel kind of like that. But um, hear me out. Stick with me because I promise that they are all um, related in the end and I found it really interesting. So the two concepts that I want to talk about are planetary retrogrades and perfection years. So, most people, if they're even vaguely aware of astrology, are familiar with the concept of a retrograde. We usually talk about it in terms of Mercury retrograde because Mercury goes retrograde three times a year, so it happens the most often. But um, all of the planets have a retrograde, not including the luminaries, the sun and moon, um, but the actual planets. Um... They all experience retrogrades. It's just part of the natural cycle of any planet. And what a retrograde means is that from our point of view on Earth, it looks like the planet is going backwards. So it's it's moving to a previous degree of the sign that it's in. Um, So it's not actually moving backwards, obviously, but from our vantage point on Earth, it looks like it is. So what this means in astrological terms, how it affects us, is that this planet is kind of rerouting itself a little bit. So whatever our relationship to that planet is, we'll have to review it or re-examine it or rework it during a retrograde Um, So people tend to talk about retrogrades in kind of negative terminology. Um, There's often a lot of catastrophizing that goes on on the internet, like, oh, this planet is retrograde. It kind of makes it sound like this really bad thing that like, oh, you're just not going to be able to get anywhere with this planet during that time. But I don't think that that's true. And I don't think that that's a helpful way to look at a retrograde. So the way that I see a retrograde is... If you think about yourself as like driving in a car down the road, like you're on a road trip and you have a goal and you're trying to get somewhere and you're going forward, but you realize that there's something you missed along the way. Like you passed some roadside attraction that you realize, actually, I really want to see that. And it's kind of bugging me that I drove past it and I'm going to turn around and go back and see that thing that I missed. So 
you know, you are going backwards. You are maybe losing some time because you're not just going straight towards your goal, but it's not a waste, you know, like you're gaining something by going back and seeing this thing that you passed over initially. So I like to think of a retrograde with any planet as being like that planet is driving along and it realizes, hang on, I think I missed something back there. And it turns around to go back. And while it's retrograding, you're reviewing a place that you've already been. You're seeing the same territory again, but you're seeing it from a new perspective, right? You're turned around. Maybe you you know, we're always looking out the window to your right. So you only really saw one side of the road. And now that you're going the other way, you see the other side of the road. So you're gaining perspective and you're learning things. And you're also reflecting because, you know, we're no longer, it's nice to be going forward, but we can't be going forward all the time because then we're just constantly being bombarded with new information. It's good to have times where we're taking a step back, we're reviewing things, we're letting things kind of sink in in a deeper way. That to me is what a retrograde is all about. So that's the first part of the retrograde is when you're actually going back and you're reviewing and you're reflecting and you're seeing things in a new way. Then let's say you go to the roadside attraction, you see what you want to see, and depending on what planet this retro, um, what planet it is that's retrograde and what sign and what house it's retrograding in, you know, that will be bringing up reflections and things to work through or to release in those areas of your life. So if a retrograde is happening in your seventh house, it might be that you're driving back to get closure with somebody or You know, there might be something from your past that you drove past initially because you were like, nope, I don't want to deal with that. I want to ignore it. I'm just going to keep going. And then you realize, you know what, actually, I do need closure about that. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to meet with this person and talk to them or I'm going to go to this place and and just absorb, you know, what I need to absorb from it or I'm going to make peace with the past in some way. That often is the kind of thing that a retrograde will bring up. It's It's helping us deal with things that we maybe weren't fully ready to deal with before. So it is, it is actually a necessary thing in order for us to actually move forward is sometimes you have to take a step back in order to take a step forward. So we do that and we resolve the thing and we learn something and then we enter into part two of the retrograde. So now the planet stations direct. So you can think about the car, you know, getting to the point that it wanted to get back to. And then now it's time to turn around and keep going the way you were going again. So the car turns around. Maybe it's going a little slowly at first. Gradually, it starts to pick up speed. But we're still kind of moving through familiar territory again, right? We're still kind of driving back the way that we've already been. This is part two of the retrograde. This is where the planet has stationed direct, but it's still in what we call a shadow phase. So that means that It's moving forward, but it's still going over that same territory that it went through in the retrograde. So now it's the third time that we're driving this same stretch of road. So the planet moves forward, and I call this the integration phase of the retrograde. So it's like, okay, things are starting to move forward. Maybe if you felt kind of stuck during the retrograde or like you were being confronted with these these things that needed to be resolved... Now it's like things are moving forward, but anything that you learned in the retrograde is now going to come up for you to really integrate it. 
So if maybe there was some pattern that you realized needed to be broken during the retrograde, now that pattern is going to pop up again so that you have opportunities to break it or to address it differently or to, um, to actually affirm and really kind of nail down any lessons that you learned during the retrograde. So, you know, I think of this as like, if we go back to the road trip analogy, like you drove back, maybe you got some closure with something, maybe you got some release with something, maybe you just gained some new perspective about something. Now you're moving forward again, but with that change of perspective in mind. So you've kind of brought something new on board with you that you're moving forward with, and you're applying that to this new territory, or rather this um, familiar territory that you're driving through. So maybe before there was a place you passed and you were like, oh, fuck that place. And now you have this new perspective. You're like, oh, actually, you know, I can kind of get it, but you know, it's not for me. I'm still going to move forward or whatever it is. That's phase two of the retrograde, the shadow phase or the integration phase. Then you have the third phase of the retrograde, which is when you actually clear the shadow phase. That's when you actually get past the point or the degree where the planet went retrograde. And now for the first time since the retrograde, the planet is moving into new territory. And that's where we actually feel like we're completely through the retrograde. Um, and, And you might feel like, okay, that lesson has been fully integrated and now we can start moving into new territory. So that's where things really start to um, pick up speed and, and new things can start to be initiated with that planet or that sign or whatever. So I bring all of this up because we have just entered into a Jupiter retrograde. So Jupiter is the planet of expansion and abundance and good fortune. And he is currently in Aries. And just yesterday on July 28th, or two days ago on July 28th, he stationed retrograde at eight degrees of Aries. So if we think about Aries as the sign of the self and the sign of going after our desires, you know, it's cardinal fire. Like Aries wants to take charge of things. Aries wants to um, assert his will in the world and really go after what he wants. Jupiter is the planet of abundance. And when Jupiter is in Aries, He wants to bring us opportunities to do that, to go after what we want and to pursue our desires. When Jupiter stations retrograde in Aries, that to me means that we're now entering a phase where we will be asked to examine any internal blockages that we may have or or self-imposed limitations that we may have to our desires. So Jupiter wants us to expand in Aries. When Jupiter's retrograde, that expansion is happening internally rather than externally. So for the next, what is that? Four months, July through November. So yeah, the next four months, we are going to be given opportunities to look at where we might be limiting ourselves in going after what we want and in realizing our desires. So, you know, this retrograde, don't think of it as a limitation. Think of it as an opportunity to expand, but on an internal level, more so than on an external level. So like when I think of Jupiter, I tend to think of opportunities in the external world, like, oh, a job opportunity or, a, 
you know, new love or new possibilities or whatever from outside. Jupiter retrograde is really looking at like what needs to be opened up or expanded internally, what limitations need to be broken down within yourself in order to create space for those opportunities on the external. So if we think about this retrograde with Jupiter as kind of a three-part story, like a three-part narrative, we're basically entering into phase one right now, which is the retrograde phase. We will then have phase two, the integration phase, begin on November 23rd. And then phase three, when we're clear the retrograde, is February 11th. So what I find really fascinating is that these two stations of Jupiter, stationing retrograde on the 28th of July and stationing direct on the 23rd of November, perfectly coincide with two new moons in fire signs. So July 28th, we had a new moon in Leo, which was uh, five degrees of Leo. And at the same, on the same day, Jupiter stationed retrograde at eight degrees of Aries. So that means that there is a trine happening between these two fire signs, we have a new moon in Leo, trine, Jupiter in Aries, on the day that Jupiter stations direct. So this feels really fortuitous to me. This feels like this moon, a new moon in Leo, is all about new possibilities for self-expression and creativity. But it's like expression and creativity that comes from within, right? Leo rules the heart. It comes from the heart. So it's interesting to me that Jupiter is stationing retrograde and we're entering into this more kind of introspective relationship to Jupiter and to Aries at the same time that we're initiating a new phase with Leo and having this new moon in Leo, a new a new relationship to our creativity and our self-expression. So to me, that's just a crazy synchronicity that you have this stationing happening on the same day as this new moon. And that means to me that these two things are tied together, these two transits. Like the new moon is in, is connected to whatever journey we are now beginning with this Jupiter retrograde. So whatever things you're initiating now around the time of this Leo new moon, especially things that pertain to your creativity and your self-expression and um, speaking from your heart, that is very much tied to the seven-month trajectory of Jupiter stationing retrograde and then direct and then clearing his shadow. So that's part one, right? But it gets crazier because part two is the new moon in Sagittarius. So there's three fire signs 
in the zodiac, right? There's Leo, Sagittarius, and Aries. We're starting with the Leo new moon. When we then get to the Sagittarius new moon, that new moon is happening on November 23rd, the day that Jupiter is stationing direct. And not only that, but we once again have a trine happening between Jupiter and the new moon. So Jupiter will station direct at 28 degrees of Pisces on the same day that we have a new moon at one degree of Sag. So again, we see the journey of Jupiter going backwards and forwards, really strongly supporting what we're initiating in the fire signs. And here we're going from Leo, which is this kind of you know, performing from the heart and kind of sharing on a personal level, evolving into Sagittarius, which is about expanding and sharing on a more global level, on a more collective level. So it's like Jupiter and this retrograde is supporting us in not only going after what we want and accessing our full potential in Aries, but actually helping us to express ourselves in a bigger and more evolved way. So this is really exciting. Um, This all then comes to a head in Aries season next year, so in spring 2023, when we have the third fire sign, the Aries new moon, happening at zero degrees of Aries on March 21st. And... This is significant because this is shortly after Mars will also have just stationed, um, sorry, will have just cleared his shadow phase. So throughout this whole journey of Jupiter going retrograde, we're also going to experience a Mars retrograde. Mars goes retrograde in Gemini on October 30th. He stations direct on January 13th and he clears his shadow phase on March 15th. So we've got a new moon in Aries at zero degrees on March 21st. So just after Mars is stationed direct. So it's like Jupiter at that point is is well past his retrograde. Um, But now we also have Mars completely clearing his retrograde. So that new moon on March 21st is going to be like full speed ahead. Like we've had all these new moons and fire signs trining Jupiter. We've had Jupiter working with these new moons as he works through his retrograde in Aries and Pisces. Jupiter clears his retrograde and we enter into a new moon in Aries right as Mars clears his shadow phase. So it's like not only Jupiter, but also Mars coming together and joining forces with their full power, having gained all this momentum from their retrogrades. Because yes, retrogrades slow us down, but they also teach us things so that when we finally get into that post-shadow phase and we're finally heading into new territory, we're doing it with more power than we had before, with more knowledge and more perspective than we had before. So March 21st, that new moon has all the full power of Jupiter and Mars behind it. And it's like this culmination of the two 
new moons and fire signs that we've had previously. So it's like I think of these new moons as like these this three-part journey. And we're just entering into part one now with this Leo new moon and this Jupiter retrograde. Part two will be the Sag new moon in November and Jupiter stationing direct. And then that into the spring carries us through Jupiter clearing his shadow, Mars clearing his shadow, and then a new moon in Aries at zero degrees. So this all to me just feels like an incredibly poetic alignment of the planets that we have over the next eight months, this transformative, almost saga taking place with the three fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sag, being supported by Jupiter and Mars, even as Jupiter and Mars are experiencing their retrogrades, like the retrogrades are part of that saga and that experience. So really take a look at what is going on in you, in the fire signs of your chart. Do you have placements in Aries, Mars, um, sorry, Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius? Because those placements are really going to be hit by um, these new moons and these Jupiter-Mars transits this year. You'll also want to look at just what houses those signs are for you. So like for me, Leo is my fifth and sixth house and Sagittarius is my ninth and 10th house and my midheaven. So it's going to, so, you know, I'm really feeling it in my house of creativity right now and self-expression right now with the Leo new moon. And with the Sagittarius new moon, it's going to be activating points of ninth house expansion and education and 10th house career and putting myself out there, you know, so that really makes sense for me as a trajectory. And then in the spring, Aries is in my first house. So it's like really going after, you know, self-expression and what I want. So take a look at your chart and where these signs are in your chart and what's going on there and know that there's going to be a lot of growth and a lot of opportunities happening in those places in your life this year. It's really exciting. And it, it may require some inner work from you. It may require you to confront. In fact, I would say it will almost undoubtedly require you to confront some um, self-imposed obstacles or even some external obstacles um, in those areas. But huge potential for growth here. And if we if we are present for that work and if we open ourselves up to those opportunities things really build on each other in a way that sets the stage for next spring when the rubber really meets the road so i think that this is really exciting and i feel like you know whatever goals you're thinking about or working on right now, like keep that in mind that there's this trajectory going on between now and November and then November to March. So I think it's useful to really sit and consider like what things are you initiating right now with this Leo new moon 
what internal expansion do you think could take place around that over the, the next four months with Jupiter retrograde? And where would you like to be in terms of your goal come November 23rd? November 23rd is then when we have the new moon in Sagittarius and Jupiter goes direct. And that energy then takes us into the Aries new moon, March 21st. So it feels almost like March 21st is when we're like taking off, you know, like the rocket ship gets launched. And now is this almost like preparation process to lay the foundation that we need for that. So it's like if you think about setting a kind of trajectory for yourself between now and March 21st, what needs to happen both internally and externally in order for you to make the most of that initiating cardinal fire energy of Aries in the spring? So keeping in mind that we are going to have a Mars retrograde in the winter, we are currently in an, a Jupiter retrograde now, like, I think that it's useful to look at things in terms of kind of a realistic process. Like, it's not just about, you know, with capitalism, we tend to look at things as like, well, I want to get the thing right now, or I want you know, I want to be moving forward all the time and I want, you know, profits and margins need to always be increasing. But nature doesn't work like that and astrology doesn't work like that. Things happen in cycles in astrology. And and it feels like we're in this part of the cycle that's a little bit more reflective and a little bit more internal, but it is very much gaining energy and gaining momentum and gaining fire that will then propel us forward in the spring. So I think it's useful to think of your goals, not only in terms of like, what do I want and what am I starting now, but really in terms of that timeline. Like I have seven months, no, eight months. <laughs> I have eight months between now and March 21st. What trajectory do I wanna follow in that time? Like, where do I want to be in the spring? And what do I want to be initiating in the spring? Like, what do I need to initiate now in order to initiate that in the spring? So I think it's really amazing how the planets are working together here. We have the sun and moon coming together in these fire signs to create these three new moons. We've got Jupiter stationing retrograde and then direct at a trine aspect to those new moons. And then we've got Mars retrograde happening in Gemini and kind of generating all of this new energy for Mars come spring when he finally clears that retrograde. So it's going to be a process, you know, it's not, it's not going it, to, it, it's going to be this eight month journey, but that process is just like unlocking all of these new opportunities for energy, for creativity, for pursuing our personal goals and following our, our personal will for asserting ourselves. Um, so I think it's really exciting. 
Um, so definitely think about that. Look at your chart and consider uh, those transits in terms of the plans and the goals that you have for the coming year. Um, and then as the second thing that I want to talk about, the second technique that I've been um, looking at lately is something called an annual perfection um, or a perfection year. And this is something I've talked about perfections on this podcast before, but uh, perfection years are a technique in astrology. It's, it's a traditional astrology technique. So you use a whole sign system and you use traditional planetary rulerships. So basically only the personal planets are used in traditional astrology. So Aquarius in modern astrology is ruled by Uranus. In traditional astrology, it's ruled by Saturn. So those traditional rulerships apply. Um, and the idea with perfection technique is that every year of your life, you are exploring a different house of your chart in depth. So it starts with the first year, um, with the first house in the first year of your life when you're born. And it just goes in a circle around the wheel for your whole life. So this is universal for everyone. Your first year of your life is a first house year. Your second year of your life is a second house year. So you can look up um, based on what age you are right now, which house that is for you. And it will be the same for everyone. So your 31st year of life is always an eighth house year. Your 32nd year of life is always a ninth house year. The thing that's different for everyone is depending on what sign rules that house, that then becomes the sign that you are exploring that year. And whatever planet rules that house in your chart becomes your time lord for that year. So what that means is, let's say you are 30 years old. So you're in a seventh house year. So you're exploring the themes of your seventh house in depth that year. Depending on what sign is on the cusp of your seventh house, that ruling planet is your time lord that year. So let's say your seventh house, you know, zero degrees of your seventh house is Leo. That would mean that your time lord for the year is the sun. So that year you're looking at your seventh house and you are deepening your relationship with your sun and you're working with the sun. So I just had a birthday last month and I'm now in my 32nd year of life, which is a ninth house year. My ninth house begins in Scorpio, which means that my time lord for this year is Mars. So I am in a Mars-ruled ninth house year. And I think this is, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Like my ninth house, I'm going, ninth house rules higher education. It rules exploring and expanding and um, going off into like new ideas and new places. And this year I'm moving to New York and I'm starting school and I'm pursuing higher education. So these are very ninth house themes and they also require me to really take charge and assert myself and 
go after my goals. So it's cool that Mars is my time lord in that process. What's really interesting to me is, you know, the ninth house is traditionally ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter rules all of the things that the ninth house is about. Jupiter is all about expansion and um, higher learning and spirituality and all those things. And at the same time, Mars, even though my time lord this year is Scorpio Mars, which is a water sign, my natal Mars is in Aries. So my natal Mars is a fire sign. So it's fascinating to me that as I am in a ninth house Mars year, we have this journey going on with Jupiter and with fire signs. And so with each of these new moons and each of these Jupiter stations, I'm getting the opportunity to really work on my relationship to the element of fire, the element of like going after what I want through Jupiter, the planet of expansion, and to heal my relationship with all of those things. And it all culminates in the spring at the end of my ninth house year with both Jupiter and Mars finally clearing their retrogrades and bringing all of this fire energy into an Aries new moon. So as I go through this ninth house Mars year, I'm going to be working really closely with the two planets that are going retrograde in that time. They're not the only planets going retrograde, but they're there are these key retrogrades happening during this time, Jupiter retrograde and Mars retrograde, and they're helping me work through my relationship with those planets so that at the end of the year, I can really integrate them and integrate everything that I've learned and move forward in a really powerful way. So the reason I bring all of this up is just because seeing the connection between this Jupiter retrograde and the Mars retrograde and all of these fire signs and how it plays into my perfection year has made me kind of re-examine what a perfection year really is because it's easy to think about, okay, you're focusing on this house and you're working with this planet and it's really simple and like straightforward. But actually like nothing exists in a vacuum in astrology or in life. And if you're working closely with one planet or one house, it's going to also involve other planets and other houses and other signs. So in my case, you know, my ninth house is ruled by Mars. My Mars is in a fire sign. So fire signs are going to be relevant. The ninth house is traditionally ruled by Jupiter. So Jupiter is going to be relevant. But also, I just happen to have a square in my chart between Jupiter and Mars. So it's like, in order for me to work with Mars, I also have to work with Jupiter. I also have to kind of figure out that relationship. So that's going to be part of what I'm actually working through this year and how I'm deepening my relationship with those planets. And all of this builds on each other. So when I get to the end of this ninth house year and I have, you know, been through this whole journey with Mars and Jupiter, that then takes me through into my 10th house year, which is Sagittarius, 
which is a fire sign ruled by Jupiter. So it's, it's also setting me up for then where I need to go in my 10th house year. So with all this in mind, I looked back on the year I just came out of, which was an eighth house year ruled by Venus. And I look at my chart and I see that my natal Venus is in Taurus and is forming a trine, a perfect trine actually, to Saturn in Capricorn. And if I think about what my eighth house year was like, there was a lot of Saturn stuff. Like you can listen to this podcast and hear all the Saturn stuff that I was talking about, like all the Saturn stuff was coming up. You know, on paper, Saturn doesn't have anything to do with my eighth house. He's not aspecting my eighth house. He's not aspecting Libra at all. Like it, it wasn't obvious that Saturn would be relevant to my eighth house year, except that Venus, the ruler of the eighth house, is trying Saturn and they're both in earth signs. So even though on paper it was a Libra year, which is an air sign, and it was an eighth house Venus year, it also had a lot to do with earth signs and with Saturn. So like my ninth house year is Scorpio, which is a water sign, but it actually has a lot to do with fire and with Jupiter. So um, take a look and see what perfection year you're in. You know, look up by your age, which house that is. Check what sign that is and which planet traditionally rules that sign. Consider what your relationship is to that house and that planet. But also consider, are there other planets that feel relevant to that? You know, are there other planets aspecting that planet? Are there, you know, what sign is that planet in in your natal chart? Um, because all of that stuff is also going to come up as part of deepening your relationship to that planet and to that house in your perfection year. So I know that that is a lot of information and it might be kind of overwhelming if you've never even heard of perfection years before, but it's just something to kind of keep in mind and digest as you go through the year. Like I learned a lot about astrology and magic and the occult during my eighth house year. I started this podcast during my eighth house year. I deepened my relationship to astrology during my eighth house year. Um, and knowing that Venus was my time lord gave me a lot of comfort as I was going through what could have otherwise been a really rough or really scary transformation. Eighth house is all about transformation. And Knowing that Venus was there to guide me made me really consciously focus on, okay, how can I heal my relationships? How can I create balance and harmony in my life? How can I bring more beauty and more pleasure into my life? Um, and that helped a lot. It helped me navigate the lessons of that year in a really powerful way. And like I said, Venus almost became this like intermediary to help me heal my relationship with with my Saturn because I have a lot of you know historically I had a lot of issues with Saturn from my childhood and from my Saturn return and it felt almost like Venus was there to be this like emissary between me and Saturn so now I almost feel like Jupiter is 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 going to be that with me and Mars like that I that I can't resolve my relationship with Mars without resolving my relationship to Jupiter so yeah, so it's it's a really interesting technique, and I think it can be really helpful to just gain perspective on 
your experiences as the year goes by. Um, but that said, it is it is pretty complicated, I admit. So if you would like any assistance with that, if you want someone else to look at your chart and look at, you know, tell you who your time lord is or what other transits or aspects may be relevant uh, for you in your current perfection year, um, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to look at somebody's chart and and tell you what I see and what my interpretations are. I think that it can be helpful to get some outside perspective. Um, so feel free to shoot me an email, send me your birth info, and I'm happy to look at your chart. I might even make a podcast about it if you're okay with that. I won't I won't um, give your name or anything like that. I'll, it'll be anonymous. But yeah, I hope that that's helpful and interesting to you. Um, uh, I'll leave my email address in the show notes if anybody wants to reach out. Um, also, you can feel free to reach out with any astrology questions that you have. I will do my best to answer them. And yeah, I hope that you are enjoying this Leo new moon. I think that it's, I think that we're stepping into something really powerful here. I think that we're initiating something really positive right now. Um, and I, I know there's a lot of just harshness in the environment right now. Things can feel really bleak, but I think that the astrology of the moment shows a lot of promise. So happy Leo new moon and happy harvest. So speak to you soon. Bye. If you have any questions regarding your astrology, the astrology of the moment, or astrology in general, please send me an email. I'm always happy to give chart reads and to answer any questions that you may have about astrology or anything really to the best of my ability. You can reach me at thegeminiletters at gmail.com. That's the Gemini, G-E-M-I-N-I, letters at gmail.com.